responses. What a blessing to hear the choir sing that. Again, the theme this morning seems to be on the name of Jesus. There's no other name given amongst men whereby we must be. Amen. What are we saved from? We're saved from the penalty of our sin, damnation in hell. And God gives to us eternal life through His shed blood on that cross. What a blessing. I enjoyed the uh, presentation this morning of our music again. Um, Brother Ernie, that was a marvelous hymn story. Wasn't that a marvelous hymn story? Uh, How many things we don't know about. Uh, It reminds me, uh, last week I shared a little bit about the... uh, my visit to Washington, D.C., and how that, as we had the privilege with Michael Lauder taking us into the House chamber, and there, the Speaker of the House, as he stared out, he stared right at Moses looking at him to help remind him of his responsibilities of the laws of our land and the laws of God, how they need to coincide with each other. Uh, and every other person uh, that's mounted on the walls, over the, all the other figurines that are mounted on the wall, are all, Brother Turner, they're all looking away. They're not looking at the Speaker of the House. And then right behind the Speaker of the House, right in big, bold letters, it says, In God We Trust. Isn't that something? You, uh, in the inauguration that uh, will be taking place in January, you need to watch... Or not? It's not at the inauguration. It's at the State of the Union address, isn't it? I don't know whether we'll have a State of the Union address. Do we have that this year? And you, he, uh, the president, speaks there in the House chamber. You look for that in God we trust. We hope that the media doesn't blank that out. Amen to that. Oh, may God remind us, remind us of uh, of who He is. Now I'm looking. There's my clicker. Let's see if it works. Let's see. We always do this, and we have 50-50 chance of it working. Uh, Our sound engineer is coming in tomorrow. Let me just kind of give you really quickly, if I can, tell you what this transition will hopefully look like uh, if we get our occupancy. Does that sound good? Y'all be praying that, or else we'll be a church without a home next Sunday. So uh, we're by faith faith moving. And uh, tonight... We're going to have just a special service of remembrance, just remembering the things that God has done in our lives. Some have uh, made uh, important decisions uh, here at Echo Hollow. And uh, so we'll be thinking about that and talking about that and then a communion service. I think that's a great way to end our time here at uh, Westside Baptist. And and you all pray for me tonight. We just played uh, uh, our uh, theme song uh, in the orchestra this morning, and I just went to bellering like a baby up here crying and, and thinking of uh, God's goodness to us. And uh, we, we ought to be thinking about God's goodness to us. And then this week we are uh, moving, starting tomorrow, and all the stuff that we have. You can imagine accumulation of 37 years, uh, the stuff that we have. And uh, there will be no Wednesday night service this week. So we're going to have the choir and the orchestra is going to be practicing over at the new property with our sound engineer trying to get some of that thing, those things done. Then next Sunday, next Sunday, now you all know we're going to one service. You all understand that. We have been in double services for over 12 years. Uh, I'm looking forward to one service uh, in that my mind will only have to remember my message once rather than twice. And uh, in this stage of my life, that's starting to become more of a challenge. But I will miss the choir. And so, there, as I've already said, there'll be times that the choir will just have to sing it again. Won't you agree? In the night service or something like that. Because, I mean, there's some things that we just got to to wean ourselves off of. And, and uh, it's going to be hard to wean ourselves off of, especially those that are part of double services and get to hear the music twice around here. We are excited about that music. So next Sunday, we'll have the, the one service at 9.30. Now, you folks remember that because you come to the 9.30 service. Then we'll take a little break, and then we're going to have an 11 o'clock service, which we're calling the Future of Westside Baptist. And all we're going to do is talk about the future of, 
of some things that are in the immediate future. Can I just say that? In other words, what's going to happen uh, that Sunday and the next Sunday and things like that. So it's not going to be our vision banquet, which we're going to be having on January 8th this year. And we'll be having that on a Sunday night at the church and using our commercial kitchen for the first time. Oh, my. So after this... um, uh, future of West Side, you will then have opportunity to go and to uh, take a tour of the building, and we're going to have our some of our coordinators and some of our directors around uh, at various spots that there are special needs that they have uh, of filling some um, duty responsibilities. You can imagine more ushers and more things like that 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 we're looking forward to have in security and, and these things like that. So you'll be able to go around, tour the building, and plus they'll be there to answer some of your questions. All right? So you'll have that opportunity uh, right after we finish the future of Westside, which is going to be a short presentation, actually. And then uh, there are also going to be little tags around. And uh, if somebody wants to, uh, to say, you know what, I would like to uh, purchase this particular thing as a memory or something that I would like to do as a part of uh, this project. We, in, in the last four years, we have been so blessed, so blessed here at Westside Baptist that folks here have given for four years consistently. And as best we can tell, this project is going to be debt-free, as best as we can tell. And when I say that, there are a lot of surprises that have come down the pike, and that doesn't mean that there's not surprises between now and next Sunday and things like that and all. Um, You can pray that God gives us wisdom as we meet with the bank tomorrow and talking about the things that are transitioning there and and all. And just pray for our team and pray for our, our, our... Uh, men and ladies that are working out there to just finish up the things that need to be done and praying for those that are moving. Be a part of that. If you're interested in helping with moving, you can see Pastor Nathan, and he uh, has the uh, plan that he can share with you, or Dean Bartell, and uh, those things that will be taking place this week. Each of the next few services that we have over there at Irving, and, and by the way, does everybody know the address of it? Some of you are saying here, you know, where, what is the address of the church? Well, just uh, Irving and Northwest Expressway right there on the corner, 1375. And by the way, there are uh, invitations to the grand opening, which is December 4th, on the Welcome Center that you can pick up. We are, we are trying to get in there to figure out how the f- facility works and things like that. And then we're going to have a grand opening on December 4th. So those types of things. But every of the services next Sunday morning... Uh, next Sunday night, the following. And by the way, next Sunday night, we're going to be having a baptism over there. Uh, praise the Lord for that opportunity. So we finish communion here and we start over there with a baptism, the two ordinances of the church. And then the following Sunday, we're going to be sharing uh, some some presentations. Uh, each of these four services, uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night of the 20th and the 27th, we'll be sharing presentations of how the vision and all of the things that took place in the last four years. So we're going to go back and show you what we looked at in 2012, 2013, 2014, and 2015. And then on our grand opening, we're going to put it all together for everyone to see. You know, we don't want to forget what God has done. Amen and amen. Wow. We are busy. Pray for folks that are serving in, in many capacities. Well, let's get into our, our final Sunday morning here, the last of our Sunday mornings here, and, and that is discerning. And, and uh, I wish that uh, we would be able to continue on as much as we could in the prophets, but we're going to have to have an interjection. But, but this morning, I want to give to you the... Uh, continuation of the story of the prophets. Is that all right? We're talking about the 17 books, the 17 books. And if we can have these front lights off again so that people can see this really well up here. Um, and th- that way you can understand how the Bible is, is put together uh, in the 17 uh, books of the prophet. They are probably the most ignored 
books in our Bible. I just have to say that. I've not preached through many of them. Some of them are very difficult to understand because it's not only prophetical information about Israel, not only their present and their future and down the road, but it's also a lot of information about the Messiah coming and His coming again. All right, so if we understand those things. And so I've put on this chart, again, as you can look at, I've added a little bit of information, but, you know, here's the centuries of uh, uh, those things and what they call pre-exile, which is before they were taken out of their land, the exile period, which is a period of 70 years, which Daniel and Ezekiel wrote, and then what they call the post-exile years. And that is once they come back into the land, God raised up three more prophets. We won't be able to get to those three prophets this morning, but we're going to try to get as far as we can through the exile period um, up there. Um, Understanding this uh, timing of events and the history of Israel and these books helps us to be able to use them to help us to discern Uh, understanding God's Word is very, very important. All right, so as we talked about last week in Isaiah, uh, and uh, again, as you look at these books, most of them were written to which of the nations? The northern nation or the southern nation? The southern nation. The southern nation is called Judah. The northern nation is called Israel. All right, so you have two nations here. But Isaiah, even though he is writing, he was contemporary to the fall of the northern nations, though he was writing to Judah. I think he was writing to Judah because from Judah would the Messiah come. And so much of his writing was about the Messiah. And uh, Isaiah is probably the most prophetic book of the Old Testament dealing with Jesus Christ. And by the way, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, you all know about the Dead Sea Scrolls that are found in... 1947, I believe, someplace around there. Do you know out of all the books of the Old Testament that are contained in the Dead Sea Scroll, do you know which book was in its entirety? Isaiah. And not only did it have, Brother Greg, in its entirety, uh, uh, the, uh, the book of Isaiah, but there were two copies of it. Two copies of it. One of it was an ancient, more ancient writing, and one of it a more, a little change in the translation. But two translations of the book of Isaiah. You see, that book of Isaiah was very important to the Jews because it talked about their coming Messiah. But sometimes they miss the ideas of the prophecies of the coming Messiah because it refers to him coming as a king. Well, when you sort this out, you don't find a discrepancy there. You find his first coming and you find his second coming. When people say there's discrepancy in the Bible, they're just expressing their ignorance. And sometimes we don't know everything that's in there, too, you know. But uh, we try to do the very best we do, as Paul tells us, to handle the Word of God wisely and to rightly discern it. So Isaiah was written there and showing the capital of Samaria that was taken in 722. And uh, and, uh, Jeremiah... This is the, uh, basically, he was just before the destruction of uh, Jerusalem there in 586. And so these prophets were given to proclaim uh, the, uh, the truths of what was going to happen to them if they did not turn. And, of course, God knew that they wouldn't be turning because of the hardness of their hearts. And we went in through Jeremiah last time in quite a great detail. And if you want some of that information, you can get it online or order a DVD. Uh, just some things here as we, we look at this. And just a couple of verses that we looked at last time. He says, as for the word that thou hast spoken. Now, this, these are the Jewish people speaking. This is uh, those of Judah that are speaking. For, for the words that thou hast spoken unto us, Jeremiah... The things that you've said unto us, it is important for us to discern whether this is from God or not from God, yes or no. He says, uh, you've spoken unto us in the name of the Lord. We will not hearken unto thee because we discern that you're not having the words of God that you're giving that. You see, that's basically what they're saying. They're not being able to discern truth from error. So he says, but we will 
certainly do whatever thing goeth forth out of our own mouths. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thy own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy path. To burn incense unto the Queen of Heaven. That sounds like a smart thing to do, doesn't it? And to pour out drink offerings unto her. And we have done. We and our fathers and our kings and our princes. You know, this is the way history is. This is our traditions. This is the way we've always done these things. And in the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem. And listen, while we were doing those things, we had plenty. We were well to do. And we're well off and saw no evil. Just because the hands of judgment don't come speedily upon the Jewish people, it doesn't mean that his hands are not there. And in fact, when you study these prophets, there's a period of some hundred or so years that these prophets are warning and warning and warning, and they do not turn back. Can I say this? I know we had an election this week, didn't we? Did anybody hear about that? Surprising turnout of the events. And remember last Sunday I says, you remember the stock market's going to crash on Wednesday. World War III is going to start on Thursday. And Jesus is coming back on Friday. Well, guess what? None of those things did happen. So don't stone me. But listen, just because we've elected a president, uh, a president uh, that you might like or dislike or whatever, it doesn't change our responsibility. Nor if... By the way, the stock market did not crash. It went up. Woo! Unless you were in a foreign country, it went down. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? But it went up. And some of us can say, man, I just gained several thousand dollars in my portfolio. Can I just say that we do not make our decisions based on our prosperity or, or the lack thereof? We make our decisions based on what God wants us to do. And we need to discern that the end times are still coming. And we can sit back and say, you know what? This is a piece of cake now. We got, we're going to have four years of prosperity. Don't mark your calendars for that. By the way, some people aren't, are they? <laughs> uh, it hasn't started off too prosperous as far as some civil disobedience is taking place. But we need to follow the Lord and we need to tell people about Jesus Christ because people are still dying right now in this world. As fast as I was beating my hand, that's as fast as a soul goes into eternity. Are we sharing our faith with others? The prosperity of America. Can I just say this? And I've warned us time and time again. The prosperity of our new building. We've worked hard for four years. Now getting into that building, is it time to let down or to keep on keeping on for Jesus Christ? I have heard time and time again of churches when they've gotten into a new facility that instead of continuing on their climb for Jesus Christ, they go this way. Don't let your prosperity let you sit back. You know, America, it seems like when they need God is when we have a 9-11. We need God always. And what is happening here, These the, 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 the folks here in Judah, they're saying in Jerusalem, they're saying, hey, listen, we've got plenty. No, don't let down. Uh, I, I appreciate one of the men at the uh, funeral yesterday. This is what he said. Uh, they're from Florence, and they came, and we had a wonderful funeral for uh, Bobby Lawson. And he said, he says, you know, he says, when you get over in your new building, you just keep preaching God's Word. And I said, well, I plan to do that. <laughs> he says, if I lived in Eugene, Oregon, I'd be coming to this church because of the folks that are in this church and the preaching of God's Word. You know what makes West Side West Side is not a building. It's the people. And it's the Word of God. Amen to that? And I don't know about you, Donna. We had talked yesterday a little bit about our remembrances and things like that. You, you hold my hand tonight as I think about what God has done here. 
But it's not about a building. It's about what God wants us to do. And it is the people of Westside Baptist Church that's going to go over there. And when you go into that auditorium and you see what God has done, you give Him the praise and the glory. And don't forget it. The reason why we're having remembrances, and I'll talk about it tonight. By the way, you just come back tonight and I'll share it, okay? (laughs) Yet a small number had escaped the sword. Remember this? Remember we said they went to Egypt and they were going to all die, but God let a a small number out. How do remember that from last week? Remember? And we talked about why did God let out a few? And that was to tell the story. In the land of Egypt, in the land of Judah, and the remnant of Judah that are gone into the land of Egypt to sojourn there, shall you know whose word shall stand, mine or theirs? Is there any question? Yet sometimes we just don't take God seriously in what He says. I think that's why God has arrested my heart in this time in going through these prophets during this time is so that we can understand whose word is going to stand. When Jeremiah wrote that, it was two years later that Judah was destroyed. Two years later, Judah was destroyed. Yes, God's Word does stand. And as we look at it this morning, we're going to see many other places that God's Word stands because God's Word is true from Genesis to Revelation. Amen to that? The Old Testament is not irrelevant. It shows us who God is. It helps us to understand who He is and what He knows. He knows all things. He knows what's going to happen coming down the road, doesn't He? That's why it is important for us to follow Him because He knows what are the right steps. He gave us the Holy Spirit to guide us in truth and to show us things to come. Oh, I'll tell you, being able to sort out God's Word, what stands here in Hosea. And Hosea was written there as a contemporary to the fall of Israel. He says this, Who is wise? And he shall understand these things. Prudent. Ah, which means that aspect of wise. And he shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are right. And the just shall walk in them. But the transgressors shall fall therein. You know, Hosea is quite an interesting book, isn't it? And I want to just say this at the beginning here of the, my message before I come to the end. But do you know Hosea is a book of God's mercy? Would you not agree? Hosea was married to a prostitute. And it is the picture of Israel and God and Israel being the, uh, the bride of God. And uh, how they went a whoring after other idols. And God tells Hosea, go get her back. You know, God kept working with Israel, kept working with Israel. By the way, if you've fallen away from God, God will keep working on you because He wants to draw you back to Him. That's the mercy of God. You read the book of Hosea and you see the mercy of God over and over again. A message, yes, of one of chastisement, but also a message of love. And I said this last week, to understand God's love in the greater capacity and God's mercy and God's graciousness, you need to understand His holiness and His justice and His omnipotence. We need to understand God in His totality. That's why He gave us 66 books that we can understand who He is and what He has for us. So as we get into this study now, again, we have already now covered these books. By the way, Hosea is written here to Israel in this time just before the fall of, of this. Uh, and, and these books right here, of some of, these are all, uh, some of these are minor prophets and some of them are major prophets. So don't, don't think that the prophets are in order of dates, okay? They're in order of something. <laughs> major and minor, okay? Is that, that's, that's as best I can do for you. I'm not really sure of anymore. However, uh, uh, I, uh, Isaiah, 
and Jeremiah. These are the major prophets. Then you, you get into Ezekiel and Daniel. These are major prophets. But Ezekiel and Daniel are di- written during the exile. In other words, Daniel, when he's writing his book, when Ezekiel is writing his book, they have been taken out of the land. He, they're writing about now this time of them coming out of the land. And their message is a little bit different. It is more about the future of Israel. You see what's going on with Nebuchadnezzar uh, and the Babylonians and then also the Medes and the Persians in the book of Daniel. You'll see that history there so that those events are taking place. And, and you find how people are responding during uh, their time of captivity when it wasn't popular necessarily to be a Jew. But you also see in their books the prophetic aspect primarily of Israel. What's going to happen to Israel? You can imagine they didn't believe God. They're ripped out of their land. They're going to stay in this land of captivity for 70 years as a part of God's judgment because they wouldn't honor God's Sabbath sabbatical year. What's going to happen to them? Now, God told them what would happen to them, but He raises up two prophets to help them to understand that Israel is not done. Okay? Israel's not done. And by the way, is Israel done today? No. Interesting. As we look into this, we'll see here, and I want you, if you would, turn to the book of Ezekiel. So we're going to look at this, and it helps us as we're going to turn through these pages to get us to understand a little bit more about that book of Ezekiel. He starts off, And he basically says in verse 5, and by the way, there's some visions in Ezekiel. Scholars differ on, and I'm not even going to attempt them. (laughs) But I'll attempt the things that spoke to my heart as I was reading through this book of Ezekiel. Verse 5 says, Thus saith the Lord God, Ezekiel 5, verse 5, This is Jerusalem. I have set it in the midst of the nations and the countries that are round about her. God is trying to remind the Jews that they were a privileged nation. But they didn't take their privilege seriously. Verse 8 says, Therefore... Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, am against thee and will execute judgment in the midst of thee in the sight of the nations. Verse 11, Wherefore, as I live, saith the Lord God, surely because thou hast defiled my sanctuary. By the way, we, we need to remember God's sanctuary. Now, we are God's sanctuary today. Amen to that. But you know, there still needs to be the respect And the reverence that we give to God each and every day of our lives. And we can learn it in church. But we don't leave it in church. Because thou hast defiled my sanctuaries with all thy detestable things, with all thine abominations. I'm going to tell you something. God has given to us a beautiful sanctuary over there. We don't want to defile that space. Therefore will I also diminish thee, neither shall mine eyes spare, neither shall I have any any pity. By the way, if you'll notice that Ezekiel, do you see the dates of Ezekiel up there? 595. What hasn't taken place yet? The destruction of Jerusalem, all right? So he goes through, understand that Ezekiel is a, is, Before exile and during exile. Does that make sense? Before exile and during exile. So uh, just to keep this in mind, I've tried to put this up there so we can see this. He's not God's. So so Ezekiel is, is, is almost given this last, hey, come on, guys, let's get our act together. But, you know, it's not going to happen. And it's very clear that it's not going to happen. Then we go to uh, chapter six and verse 10. And they shall know that I am the Lord. And that I have not said in vain that I 
should do this evil unto them. I want you to know. That's why I let those men escape from Egypt. I want you to know how true I am to my word. That expression that you might know that he is the Lord is used some hundred times. I believe it is in the book of Ezekiel that you might know that you might know that you might know. Chapter 7 and verse uh, 7. The morning is come unto thee, O thou that dwellest in the land. The time is come. The day of trouble is near. And not the sounding again of the mountains. Instead of the, the going through those streets of pleasures and, and singing and all kinds of things, the sound of anguish is coming. Verse 11, violence is risen up into the rod of wickedness. None of them shall remain, nor of their multitude, nor of any of their of theirs. Neither shall there be wailing for them. Verse uh, 19, they shall cast their silver into the streets and their gold shall be removed. Their silver and their gold shall not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. They shall not satisfy their souls, neither will their bowls, uh, bowels, because it is the stumbling block of their iniquities. Did you hear what he just said? He says, you used to trust in your, your riches and all this. Now it's going to be cast away and you'll find yourself destitute. We don't trust in our riches. We trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I understand that these prophetical things that are said here of Israel is also some of these things are dealing with the end times also. I'd like to get to that if we can. In chapter 13, just turn over a few more chapters. I'm just skimming through this. I encourage you to read it all, uh, hopefully with now a greater knowledge as we go through the Bible. In verse 13, excuse me, chapter 13, verse 1. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against... Uh, the prophets of Israel that prophesy and say thou unto them that prophesy out of their own hearts. You know what Ezekiel saying here? He says, listen, you stand up. You tell those preachers that they're not preaching the word of God. They're preaching falseness. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, woe unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. How important it is in the end times that we understand whether we are hearing God's word or not. There's a lot of fluff being preached from the pulpits today. Verse number 10. Because even because they, talking about this prophets, they have seduced my people. Saying, peace and prosperity. Is that what's happened today? Paul told us this in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He says people will want to be turned to fables rather than the truth of God's word. And there was no peace. Look around. Look around. There's no peace. And one built up a wall and lo, others dubbed it with untempered mortar. What he is saying here is you try to build up your protection. By the way, Ernie's verses today fit so well here about the horses. And we don't trust in the strength of horses. They were building up their walls and say, hey, we see the enemies coming. We're going to build up our walls. We're going we're gonna to be safe. We're going to have peace. He says, you don't have the things that's going to keep back the wrath of God. No matter how strong you think it is, that is... In chapter their prosperity, their prosperity made them forget about the strength of God. As as we look, oops, oh boy, I'd love to get there this morning. Oh, that would be so wonderful. Maybe I will. I better rush. How's that sound? Because we're not going to be back here for a long time. <sighs> Just Tyre. I've got up there. Chapter twenty six. Tyre. Tyre thought they were secure. They were secure. The city of Tyre, they were the greatest international trade center of the world. Because of the rejoicing over the fall of God's people, God prophesied in 26 that they would come to, a, uh, they would be demolished. 
Tyre seemed the most secure place on earth. Nebuchadnezzar battled them for 13 years. The greatest empire of all times in the Old Testament. Battled them for 13 years. Finally, they fell and they moved to an island thinking, we are safe because now there's water between us. But however, Alexander the Great besieged Tyre. He tore down their walls and their towers and other buildings of the old Tyre that was what they abandoned. And he used that to build a causeway out to their island. Literally rock roads directed to the island, fulfilling Ezekiel's amazing prophet prophecies. Read this in Ezekiel 26, 12. And they shall make a spoil of thy riches what they left behind, and make a prey of thy merchandise, and they shall break down thy walls and destroy thy pleasant houses, and they shall lay thy stones and thy timbers and the dust in the midst of the water. Alexander the Great did that. Egypt, Egypt thought they were a powerful nation. They had seen the ten plagues of Israel. You would think that they would have turned their heart to God. No, they didn't abandon their 2,000 idols and gods that they had. Egypt had grown in their magnificent power. Most would have believed it would be impossible for Egypt to be defeated and stripped of her power. However... It says in uh, 29 of, of uh, verse 9 of Ezekiel, And they shall know, talking about Egypt, that I am the Lord, and that I have not said in vain that I should do this evil unto them. And they shall know that I am the Lord. That verse, uh, that phrase used 66 times, not 100 times, but 66 times. In the, in the Bible, Nebuchadnezzar did not know that he would be prepared by the hands of God to come and do this. God said unto Nebuchadnezzar, this is in 2920, that fierce evil king, I have given him the land of Egypt for his labors wherewith he serveth against it because they wrought for me, saith the Lord. These are prophecies that are literally fulfilled in the Bible. And you can go back and you could study this in secular History. Yes or no? That's right. The more they discover. Uh, the Bible says, In that day will I cause the horn of the house of Israel to bud forth. And this is 29:21. And I will give thee an opening of the mouth in the midst of them, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Psalm 46:10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted amongst the heathen. I will be exalted in this earth. No matter whether God's people do what they're supposed to do or not, God will be exalted. Amen? Well, then we get to the dry bones. How many have heard of the dry bones? Oh, that's fascinating, isn't it? The dry bones. Dry bones is the fact, and I believe, that this is the resurrection of Israel. The resurrection of Israel. Did you know Israel? Here, in the Old Testament... It is prophesied that it will become a nation again. 586, they no longer were a nation until 1948. How many years is that? 1948? 1968? When did they become a nation? 48. Yeah, 1948. How many years from... 68. 68. How many want to say 68? <laughs> We're a Baptist church. Is it 68, Brother Turner? Let me look at you. Are you sure? Nineteen forty-eight. Let me see what I wrote on my notes, and then we'll be for certain. Nineteen forty-eight. Okay, my notes never lie. <laughs> 1948 and May. Is your birthday? All right, May. May 14th, 1948. We're all clear on that. Whew! Now I got to preach another half hour to straighten you all out again, again. All right, all right. So, anyways, could it ever be? These prophets predicting that Israel become a nation again? Look at this map. Do you see Israel up there? Let me put there. There is Israel. It becomes 
a nation again in 1948. Guess what all the green represents? Muslims. Do Muslims and Jews get along? Do you think that that little country prophesied some 2,000 years would become a nation again? Oh, the Bible says so. Is the Bible true? He says that you might know that my words are true. Listen, folks, we today should have no doubt. We held on to the Scriptures and we ought to continue to hold on to the Scriptures because the Scriptures are true. Let every man be a liar. That is unbelievable. Let me read you some of these prophecies of of that. Amos. Amos wrote 2,700 years before Israel became a nation. He says, and by the way, Amos was just a country pumpkin preacher. And I will bring again the captivity of my people of Israel, and they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them, and they shall uh, plant vineyards and drink the wine thereof. They shall also make gardens, and they shall eat the fruit of them, and I will plant them upon their land. And they shall no more be pulled up out of their land, which I have given them, saith the Lord God. Amen. Isaiah, listen to this. And I will plant them upon their land, and they shall no more be pulled up out of... Oops, let's get back. There is Isaiah. I've got to get that clicker right on. That sounded familiar even to me. Uh, uh, before she traveleth, before she traveled, she brought forth, before her pain came, she was delivered of the man-child. Who hath heard such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in what? One day. day. How long did it take Israel to declare their independence and the United States agreed with it? In one day, May 14, 1948, Israel became a nation. Y'all ought to shout hallelujah. This was written... 2,000 years. It's preserved in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Man didn't just make this up, no matter what people are trying to say today. Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day, and shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her child. In uh, Ezekiel 37, just a part of the dry bones and just before that. And say unto them, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I will make the children of Israel from, uh, I, excuse me, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whether they be gone and will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land. I remember Janie was teaching, uh, a piano student. This was probably 10 years ago, probably. And she had a Jewish family that she was teaching. And one day they came in and they says, uh, we're no longer going to be able to take uh, piano. We're going back to Israel. She said, well, why are you going back? She said, they said, we just got to go back to our homeland. There has been a gathering of Israel back there for some time. All right. These amazing truths. And I will make them what? One nation. One nation. When, when this was written, well, yeah, there was just Judah left, but there had been two nations. I'm going to make them one nation. How many nations of Israel are there now? One. They didn't come back and say Judah and Israel. It's one. Uh, 
meet with some of our directors and leaders and say, God, what do you want me to do in this new building? Well, I sat in Echo Hollow for 20 years. I'm going to sit here, too. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot to do. Jesus is coming. I want him to find me faithful serving him when he comes. Just pray. Why don't you just pray all this week just for the confidence in all those things. Hey, God, what did you have for me? Next Sunday is going to be so thrilling to be able to enter in to what God has done for us. And I personally believe for his glory. That's what I believe putting it all together. It's not really about us. It's about his glory. And he's willing to do it anyway. <laughs> all right, so you remember those things. And tonight is communion service and remembrance service. The baptism is next Sunday. And then the sign-up helping us. It looks like that big sign up list back there. And you live some time. You want to stay fit. Maybe you should have had this a month ago so you could have got fit to help us move. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's information down there. We actually have you in with our annual uh, contract with them if you'd like to participate in that. Pick up that information. And anniversary day, 21 years. Not today, but today. Today is our new year.